Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo, and they are offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events, and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve total victory. Questions will range from mental count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get to your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 66, as Andy and I have come together once again to kind of, you know, discuss the the light news that happens every offseason, but there are a couple hot topics that I think, you know, we should cover that are, I think, relevant and obviously right currently in the NHL and are probably going to be a topic moving forward, and it's interesting, Andy. Um, before I ask you, how are you doing? Um, the topic that I want to bring up is something that I think the NHL uh, is going to have to come face to face with, and I want to hear your thoughts on the whole thing. So, but first, I have to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Mario Lemieux edition of the of the podcast. Who would have thought? Uh, 66 episodes, and that's 66 in season two. That's so that doesn't count. How many we did in season one? So, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing good. Uh, it was interesting after our podcast that just dropped uh, the other day. Um, you know, we were speculating about some things, and it looks like some of that might be close to coming to fruition. And some of that was way way off on some of my takes. And that's just a few days in the off season, so that just kind of goes to show you how how things move during the off season. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, or to hear what uh, your take is and, and uh, yeah, hit lay it on me. All right. So the, one of the biggest stories to hit the NHL and, you know, I say that because this story is big and it's the Evander Kane story. Now, for those that have no idea what happened, uh, essentially Evander Kane's, uh, I don't know, girlfriend went online basically spoke about his you know gambling and how he you know bet on his own team uh to win or lose and it's just something that strikes me as interesting because the entire sports world including the nhl is now gonna have to come face to face with the legalization of sports gambling and the effects that it has on the sport itself andy and the players within the sport that basically have free access to kind of bet 
on anything and how easy it is to have someone else bet for you, whether or not that be your game. But I want to specifically, you know, I don't know how much you want to get into the Evander Kane story. Every hockey fan kind of knows uh, the entire story. Um, a couple of years ago, he, I uh, believe, I don't know, MGM Grand maybe uh, filed a lawsuit for $500,000 of which he owed on, on uh, uh, sports betting. Um, so basically, we know that Evander Kane has a gambling problem. And uh, we don't know exactly where that problem has progressed to. But we saw what sports gambling has done to baseball what it meant to baseball to keep it out of the game. And I want to kind of hear your take on, on everything, you know, you know, uh, up to this point. And, and then we can get into, you know, what the NHL should be doing, how it should handle just, you know, at this point, uh, I guess just accusations in general, but I want to hear your take on it because it's an important topic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first off, I mean, obviously this is a sensitive subject because it uh, not only does the accusations levied at him by his wife are about his gambling addiction, but it's also about uh, his failure or inability or flat out not wanting to support his child. And yes, listen, at this point, they are technically just allegations. But again, this is someone who, um, you know, a casino uh, was trying to collect from him for large exorbitant sums of money and it isn't very particularly well liked in his a few different teams you know everyone remembers uh Dustin Bufflin throwing his track suit in the shower uh he he settled out of court I think for choking a woman in a nightclub so you know it clearly I think it, it's not a far stretch to say that Evander Kane has some issues off the ice uh and it definitely sounds like gambling. I mean, also everyone, it's a meme at this point. Everyone is him, sees him with the stacks of money cell phone. Like, you know, that, that uh, picture's done the circuit. So, so yeah, listen, it sucks because obviously, like I said, uh, it's always when there's divorce involved, it's obviously never pretty and ugly. And it's, you know, it's a, a sensitive subject. And especially when there's kids involved, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, as far as, I mean, it's, I for I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts the podcast the other day and they kind of spoke briefly on the allegations. And I forget what the CB, CBA says right now. I do know that it is strictly prohibited from any NHL player betting on any NHL game, not just their own team or games that their team is involved in. Um, at this juncture, that said, you brought up a good point. It's it's how it's kind of hard to how do you it's kind of hard to safeguard against them saying oh the boys are like you know oh me and the boys went out last night telling a buddy like we don't we don't no, no one has it we're we're all playing hurt today you know because we went out last night or we had rookie party or whatever so and we're you know we're going up against whatever the reigning stanley cup champions or something and we're on a rebuild and i'm on a rebuilding team so you know i mean it's yeah. How do you safeguard against that? And uh, I, I'm sure you have better ideas than I do. I I don't really know what uh, what's next for the league. Obviously, they've talked about ex- wanting to expand uh, eventually, not and get uh, you know make their imprint on the live betting uh, aspect of sports entertainment because that's obviously the the next frontier to breach into, especially like right before like when a team draws a penalty all of a sudden it's like who you know who will they score on this power play or who will score on this power play or who will get an assist or whatever what's that what from what circle whatever like that type of live in-game betting type stuff so uh yeah it's kind of hard to um i guess yeah it's kind of hard to 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 justify or at least it's or to reconcile the two at times because as it get becomes more prevalent, and this is something the league is trying to get into. But at the same time, there is obviously the integrity of uh, the game and trying to, you know, prevent against uh, tampering and illegal sports betting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I think it might become a more reoccurring problem, and I guarantee you, Vander Kane is not the only one 
who might have a gambling problem because it's an it's an addiction. There's a lot of people that have it, but not even just beyond that. I'm sure there's players that have given tips to you know friends or family members or whatever, or just in ways that are untraceable or have you know bookies on the DL. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting time we live in. Yeah, and it's and I mean you made a great point. I, I'm sure that there's more than Evander Kane in the NHL. There's more than Pete Rose in baseball, you know, I'm sure it happens in football. I mean, you saw a couple of years ago, even the ref in the NBA was, you know, fixing games and, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, uh, you know, the reason why this is such an interesting topic is is because it's not just the NHL that's going to have to come toe to toe with every sport. Right. And how do you keep it out of it? Um, you know, the one thing obviously I want to say is I'm not dismissing any of the, the personal allegations of, Evander and his girlfriend and the, and the children, obviously that's awful, but I feel like, you know, that, well, that's almost for, that's his business. That's almost for the state to figure out, um, uh, it, you know, if she's owed money and stuff and such, and, and that's their personal business. And I think we should keep that, but the sports gambling end of it, obviously with hockey is, you know, obviously the NHL is going to do an investigation, right? Andy, they're going to, they're going to go in. I would imagine they're going to interview referees, his teammates, coaches, management, different heads around the league, uh, you know, the entire, you know, NHL, you know, as a association, I'm sure they're going to interview Bettman. You know, there's got to be a third party investigation. The one thing I think with the NHL, more so than, than baseball, than basketball, um, and, and football, this would probably be tough too, unless you're a quarterback and, and can control the game is that hockey is such a dynamic sport and it's a team sport. And, um, unless, unless you're gifted, like, uh, Connor McDavid, there's not many one players that can really make an impact on the game. And, you know, as of right now, from what I've read, you know, if you go back with Evander Kane, there aren't. There aren't, you know, highlights of him, you know, really, you know, giving an awful pass where it gets intercepted or, you know, flubbing on shots. I just haven't seen any of that yet. And given the nature of uh, the Internet today and, and Twitter, I feel like with how hot this topic is right now in all of sports media, that we would that those, you know, uh, little snippets of NHL uh, highlights of Evander Kane doing those things would would be popping up. Uh, they haven't right now. Not to say that they don't exist, but they just, I haven't seen them yet. And if you're reading this, if you're listening to this, by the time you're listening to it, they could all be out. Um, but, uh, you know, Andy, I, I, I want to ask you too, have you heard or seen anything that there are, might be plays of which Evander, uh, that Kane, you know, obviously like mismanaged uh, the puck on the ice or anything like that? Um, so they, here's the thing. I mean, it, you, the one thing I don't think that really lines up is that, that, you know, there was allegations that Evander would bet on his own team to lose or this and that. And he was pretty much far and away the, the Sharks best player this year in a rough season for a franchise that is, you know, uh, has aged out with some of their older players. Like uh, clearly they, you know, they lost Joe Thornton. Uh, they're moving on from Patrick Marlowe. They're in a real uh, transition period. Um, and he was probably one of their best players, you know? I mean, so, I yeah, I, so that that doesn't really line up. That doesn't mean he didn't he didn't bet on some games or whatever. I mean, it, the circumstances might have been different. I don't, I, the internet is usually pretty good when this stuff happens it's you know you would imagine that someone would say here look at he's like evander kane like making a boneheaded play or coughing up the puck but i mean just uh and like those plays would even happen so like if you give me one or hard to prove yeah (laughs) or right i know but like kane is not like you you can find highlights of mcdavid coughing up the puck and and having a team go the other way like i'm sure those clips exist but it's so hard to prove that, yeah. like, that was done intentionally. And I mean, he had, so he had 49 points in 56 games, which is pretty good. It's like a 70 point pace, roughly over 82, games. you know, over, you know, an 82 uh, game season. And 
I mean, I'm pulling up the player stats for that entire Sharks team this year. Uh, a lot I see for and listen again. Remember, plus minus not a good stat so much, but at the same time, you know, I see some people on his. He doesn't kill penalties, so that obviously has to help at the same time. But you know, he is a minus one, but like. Couture was a minus 11. Timo Myers a minus 5. Uh, Kevin LeBanc was a minus 9. Eric Carlson minus 18. Uh, Donato minus 11. Dylan Gambrell is minus 18. So, he, you know, he definitely was among, like one of the the better, at least in terms of his uh, the goal differential with him on the ice, you know, scoring goals to allowing goals this season was not as bad as some of his teammates. So, again, that doesn't really hold water. So. But again, it's so hard to like I said, it's so hard to hard to prove because they still lost a lot. But I don't know. Yeah, the, he doesn't really prob- kill penalties unless I think the he is, and especially the way he's deployed is he's deployed to be an offensive winger. Um, and he was like I said, he had the most uh, points on the team this year. I think Tomas Hurdle had the second most with forty three. So, uh, yeah, it's like I said, hard to prove, and it doesn't that doesn't really hold water right as I can see it right now. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. The problem is, though, the standard is pretty much set that you're, number one, not allowed to bet on your even on your team to win. And uh, I guess the NHL has it that you're not allowed to bet on any game, uh, no matter what team you play for. So um, that is certainly going to be investigated. And then, you know, I, I, I really find it hard to manage people betting outside the sport for you and you know I I had a neighbor growing up who uh, was a jockey and he actually got caught uh, having people bet for him but he ends up being like a family member so like unless Evander clearly has like a best friend that is constantly constantly with in the casinos with and they're together seen placing a bet you know uh, on hockey I, I really don't know how you prove otherwise and and you know i i guess i'm gonna get to the point of you know do you think the nhl after this investigation tries to set an example uh by scaring the rest of the league with evander which you know i I think i think people might think that he's been doing it only because of the other stuff that he's also accused of yeah yeah i mean I guess it depends. They have to, they have to find something substantial. I, I don't know if they're whatever, uh, if Bill Daly or Gary Bettman would ever uh, float some comments to Evander that even if they don't find anything, is that like you know the constantly having your name come up in this capacity is you know we're going to have an even closer watchful eye on you, right? And and then, and also too like uh, on the way home today uh you know listen to wfan and craig carton uh who, who if you don't anyone who doesn't know craig carton is he hosted the the boomer and carton show on wfan which is like the biggest you know sports uh radio station in in the new york area and he you know went to jail for a few years for you know gambling and excessive gambling and it was just very interesting to get his point of view saying that you know Basically, it doesn't really matter whether or not he gambled on the sport. What matters is that he clearly has a problem with gambling. And he thinks that the gambling is what really is triggering and affecting the other problems in his life. And, you know, and obviously it's excessive. There was a lawsuit, you know, with the casino trying to collect $500,000. So he's gambling clearly a lot of money. And, you know, when you let it start affecting your personal life, that's when there's deceit, the uh, the lies happen, and you become addicted to that lifestyle. And that's when there's nothing off the table that you would bet on, including your own games, including NHL games, which is the conclusion that he kind of made was, you know, at this point, the problem really isn't what he's betting on. It's the fact that he clearly can't control himself with with gambling, whether that's sports gambling or just going to a casino. And that's where he needs help. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, 
it'll be interesting to see how uh, the NHL handles this investigation. Uh, you know, whether or not, I assume in a, I guess maybe a month's time, they might we might get us to hear a statement along the lines of you know after conducting our own independent investigation or whatever we've you know we have found either this they have you know that Evander Kane is or isn't uh I guess the interesting thing will be when they if they speak to his wife if she has actual evidence or receipts of texts or stuff you know right he said at times that uh if like he th- almost threatened like not threatened but almost like mentally threatened that like if like uh, you know i you and our daughter will will be killed if if it gets out or gary bettman and the league find out uh you know that type of stuff so which you know if you know which like i said it's uh people who are addicted to that lifestyle can say some pretty and do some pretty horrible things so uh yeah uh it'll be interesting you know, I if obviously if I think they do to your point, if they do find something, they will come down on him heavy. I would be surprised if his contract is voided and he is, uh, you know, I don't know if if I I I didn't read whether or not if he's found guilty of that. If well, a there's legal trouble he gets in too, right. which also would affect his NHL contract. And B, I don't know if the league would then put a mandatory like suspension on him for seasons or a couple of years and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also, how old is Evander Kane now? I mean, he's got to be close to 30. He's 30 on the dot. So, yeah, I mean, to lose time, that would probably be it on his career. You know, so who, I mean, depending on how many seasons, if he loses any. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think this is the type of thing that, uh, because obviously we've seen the league... I mean, and it deserves its own other discussion, but with the investigation co- currently going on to the events of, you know, what happened in the Blackhawks locker room in 2010, like, you know, that's anything that the league thinks will make itself look bad, they'll be cloak and dagger and shadow about. But then when it's just this and they feel like it's an, ins- it's an isolated person, maybe taking advantage of the, of the league behind their back. Then, of course, they're like, you know, we are conducting this is a very serious and we are going to like then the fanfare comes out and we're like, we're going to get to the bottom of this, you know, so which, like I said, it's its own podcast. And it's very sad that if you look at the the juxtaposition between how they're handling those allegations and, and how they're handling this, at least. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's I could if it if it's true and he did this. They're they are going to come down very hard on him, and obviously he will also face uh, legal, <laughs> big legal trouble. So, uh, but yeah, I guess uh, there. I guess that investigation is being conducted probably as we speak. So I guess we'll we'll have some uh, information probably within the month, maybe. Yeah, and you know, obviously this is this goes bigger than just you know. I, I think all the sports leagues, this is like what they didn't. You know, this is not what they want because this now affects, you know, a probably a billion dollar business of sports gambling around that's getting in the that's in the process of getting legalized in every single state. And the last thing they want is that their product is fixed or being fixed by players, coaches, referees. So this has huge ramifications. Obviously, the thing in Chicago is is huge in terms of you know foul play and uh essentially being a criminal obviously sports gambling evander kane that was done legally and there's nothing he can get in trouble for legally i guess if you know uh, the only thing he can really get in trouble for is obviously this personal matters and uh money owed that and that that aspect um but you know obviously this is a league problem and the league is going to have to set the standard here and, uh, you know, and I would imagine, you know, an investigation is done. I don't know really what the investigation is fine. I mean, I feel like they're going to interview a lot of people. They're all going to be like, oh, I had no idea this was happening. Because if someone did, then, you know, it's a stain on, on that person for not stepping up and speaking about it. So everyone's probably going to say they didn't know that he was doing it uh, unless he's really, truly that hated. And they kind of make a plea deal with, with the NHL saying, 
you know, we knew this was happening. Great to step up. I don't know. But I doubt that the comes to light. But, uh, you know, just obviously it's a, a topic that, you know, as the investigation keeps going, uh, uh, you know, just to see how the entire sports world reacts to it with, uh, you know, obviously with Pete Rose and the MLB that got himself a, a lifetime ban. Uh, so I'm very curious to see. There is, uh, there is proof that he did this, uh, what the NHL will do. I would imagine it'd be something very similar. So uh, definitely a topic that, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to cover at the beginning of the podcast. So, uh, Andy, unless you have something else to say, uh, I, I have another topic that I would like to get into. Let's, let's, let's keep it rolling. Let's hear it. All right. All right. Topic number two uh, is, and this one is definitely relative to the New York Rangers because I think it's something that, you know, maybe they should think about doing. And unfortunately, we don't see this anymore. And that's uh, offer sheeting, right? Uh, there's a center out there uh, uh, with the last name Pedersen. And he's a restricted free agent, and I don't know why the Rangers wouldn't offer sheet him. So, uh, yeah, your thoughts, Andy? Yeah, I mean, because I, I obviously offer sheeting Elias and Elias Pettersson offer sheet has been floated by a lot of people. That there was, a, I think, a report from uh, one of Vancouver's beat uh, reporters saying that Vancouver was especially. Uh, wary of an offer sheet for uh, for Pedersen. I mean, they don't happen too often. Uh, the last one, was, obviously, was the uh, Sebastian Ajo offer sheet, which uh, by the Canadians and obviously Carolina matched. It helped Pedersen, uh, excuse me, it helped Ajo out in, in the long run, obviously, because he just got to stay and got the money he wanted because, as we know, um, yeah, Carolina, they... Uh, they have an internal cap and they don't like to spend what they don't want to spend. And, but they, it kind of forced their hand, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because so there was talks about that. And then I don't know if Elias Pettersson is just trying to be funny, but he kept changing his, like his bio, which had Vancouver in it or the picture. I think I just think he's entertaining himself. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do know a lot of, Again, a lot of other fans of various teams in the NHL and and pundits, and it's been floated that he would be a prime candidate to offer sheet <clears throat> because if you look at Vancouver's cap situation, it's uh, not all that great. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, Elias Pettersson is still very young. I think what he's twenty, he's probably twenty. What's what he's like? A, he's like a little bit older than Philip Heedle, right? He same draft. Uh, he was the Leo Sanderson draft, right? Yes, uh, he was. So he's so got to be. He's like twenty-two, maybe, if that. It's twenty-two, twenty-three. Let's see. He is twenty-two years old. So, um, yeah. So, still very young. Has a lot of runway ahead of him. Uh, and obviously, he's a very, very, very good player. Uh, you know, I didn't get to watch too much Vancouver this last year, and I know. Um, he only, what well, he only played like 26 games or something like that. Um, so he, but he had 21 points in 26 games. So similar, uh, like I said, just like Evander Kane, that's at least, and again, it's a small sample. So who knows if you've really hit a groove, he could have been again around a 70 to, you know, 80 point players. But, uh, I mean, so far, you know, he's got, uh, he, He's got 66 points his rookie year. He had 66 points last year, but in in, in uh, three less games. So yeah, I mean, he's a guy who he's he's a pretty much a looks like he's and this is him now. So he's right. not even in his prime yet. So he's someone who could, you know, his floor almost seems to be a 66 point player in the league, right? So he's someone who could definitely be a. I think he could, you know, especially with the the right line chemistry, line mates, and team around him, he could definitely become a ninety point player. Um, should it, you know, he reminds me a lot of my favorite player in NHL history, Pavel Datsuk, just mm -hmm. with his uh, his hands and his vision, and um, 
you know, he even has the same long stick with the big paddle on the end. And he just, yeah, he's just, uh, he has a giant head and he's very skinny, but he's, he's a tall kid and he's still growing too. He's like six, he's up to six, two now and he's wiry, but he's probably getting, it looks like he's getting stronger every day and fills out a little bit. So I would absolutely, I would not be opposed to the Rangers, uh, offer sheeting Elias Patterson. He's a guy, again, you and I have well-documented our concerns over blow, you know, giving selling the farm for Jack Eichel and especially because the cap ramifications mean you'd lose the advantage ad. Uh, I mean, obviously if you offer sheet Elias Pettis Patterson, the amount of money you'd have to give them to guarantee that it wouldn't be matched by Vancouver. Um, would also guarantee that probably you'd have to move on from Zabanajad. But at the same time, uh, I think I forget what the compensation would be or how many firsts. I, I haven't looked at that. I, I don't it depends have on how many million. Yeah. Right. So, and so if you if you offered him a, you know, a uh, I don't know, like in nine million, because what does Eichel make? Does Eichel make 10? I believe he does. Yeah. So you you don't probably don't even have to give him ten. You probably give if you give imagine if you gave him the max or not you know you gave him the max term or I you know what knowing him him being young he would probably want to like eat up some eat, maybe get another contract so you'd probably have to make it attracted for him maybe something that takes him till he's like uh, like I said, you know maybe he probably would I imagine he might want a short term contract and try yeah. to max out a second contract but at the same time if you're like we're gonna give you whatever eight. <laughs> Eight, eight, nine million for eight years or whatever, something stupid or, you know, six or seven years. It'd be kind of hard to turn it down, especially to play in New York and Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if you looked at their uh, what they did this uh, or already or during the offseason. Their forwards are OK. Their defense is probably the worst in the league and they made it worse on purpose because they thought they were making it better because uh, what's his name jim benning is an idiot so if they have a rough yeah they might have a rough year but again i would much rather offer sheet elias patterson than i would and, and deal with just giving up the the first round picks that go with that because and then you know what at least our players that we already have some proof of concept with that uh, that would be required to throw into an eichel trade Right. And, you know, my my theory is this, like you look at Pedersen, right? Who would you rather have, Pedersen or Eichel? You already kind of answered that question, but you would want. Andy, you can answer. Oh, answer oh I thought it I'm was sorry. rhetorical. I thought it was a rhetorical question. I mean, listen, I'm going to make you answer it because I, I want. Well, I want to see if you disagree. Well, here's the thing. I mean, look, if I knew that this surgery was going to work on Jack Eichel and. uh he was going to be hundred percent healthy. It would still be hard because of what it would cost to give up. Whereas if I think getting Elias Pettersson, who probably is not as good as Jack Eichel in his, at his absolute peak, but at the same time is such a, is close and, you know, doesn't have in crazy injuries at, to my knowledge. Although, like I said, I don't know what happened to him this year. I think he got crushed, but again, <clears throat> I just I would much rather have Elias Patterson just because you don't have to give up as much to get him. You probably won't have to pay him as much as you would have to pay Eichel. And he doesn't have, <clears throat> geez, excuse me, doesn't have uh, the back issues and doesn't have a history of high ankle sprains. And it doesn't have a, a reputation as maybe not the best locker room leader and a bit of a malcontent. So, and again, I don't know the validity of all this or the, the status of his true health status, but at the same time, it's just. I can't ignore all those red flags. And I see Elias Pettersson sitting there. I would rather have Elias Pettersson like all day, every day. And okay. And now, obviously, Zibanejad is going to be looking to get paid. Obviously, when he's healthy and, and going full steam, he's one of the most gifted goal scorers in the NHL. I don't think there's anything getting around that. I love, I, you know, I love Zibanejad. You're right. He's great. But if you told me for the same price and the same deal, I would get, you know, Pedersen. I'm kind of taking Pedersen as as my number one center. Uh, Same, you know. So it, it it just you got younger. I mean, when when everything's the same and they're both healthy, 100. percent I don't know. Pedersen's definitely way more skilled, but there is something about having that just natural ability to put every single puck in in the net. And you know, obviously Zabenejad when he when he's feeling himself. He scores at a rate that, you know, that that's Ovechkin like. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, but 
overall, again, you're getting younger. You're getting a, probably your number one center for the next, you know, hopefully he stays with us, but potentially for the next, you know, 12 years, you yeah. get a solid number one guy. And I mean, you know, it's funny, Elias Patterson, his game is kind of like Ryan Strom on steroids a bit, you know, in terms of the passing and the vision and the smarts and the slick and kind of playing pass, you know, making playing more of an uh, East West style. So I you can only imagine that I, he's a guy I can imagine and him and Panarin would have amazing chemistry. So I, you know, him feeding Panarin pucks all over the ice and being able to find each other in weird situations and fake everyone out. Cause they're smarter than everyone on the ice. Like, yeah, that would be awesome. But again, uh, you, like we mentioned, unfortunately, in this league, uh, GMs are afraid to rock the boat. Although, I don't know, maybe Chris Drury has some some big big brass ones. He did win the Little League World Series in 1989. So, um, he did. He, he did. Uh, so, who, maybe he's got something cooking that no one else sees or is you know prepared for. I do have my own suspicions that even, like, obviously, and I think other people have said this, even Elliot Freeman, that they think Chris Drury has a lot of things going that even he's it's it's not Eichel or bust that they are he's potentially kicked the tires on a Dylan Larkin. Um he's uh you know looked into some of the other centers who would be available. Even lesser ones I'm sure he's tried like I know a lot of teams have had interest in Christian Dvorak from the Coyotes just because they're you know obviously rebuilding and he's a good player. <laughs> One of the last good players left on a obviously a rotten team right now. So uh, but yeah, man, I mean, if I don't, again, if you could put the Canucks in a tough spot, especially cause they should be rebuilding, like, I'm sorry. And, but obviously Patterson's young, so they'd want to keep him or young enough. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's like, you could really, the, I mean, you know, and again, I like the Rangers are hopefully in a position where, where they're drafting is late in the first round anyway. So for the next few seasons, well, that's the hope obviously. So, right. Yeah. So you hope that I, they, they would probably give up their first and just say, you know what, we'll, we'll really make sure we hit in the second or, and obviously they're going to have to trade a player or two down the line. I assume at some point you can't pay everyone. So maybe they do flip, uh, whoever ends up being the odd man out for a first in a couple seasons of the younger guys, whether it's some of their younger guys in D or, or whatever, or Kravtsov or whatever, or Philip Heal, whoever it is. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, again, that seems much more attractive than right now poning up what uh, reportedly the ask is for Eichel with all of his documented and undocumented issues. Yeah. And you know, it's just like, it's so frustrating that no, like, like I feel like this gets talked about every single off season, right? I, I think we heard from what was the Highlanders going to offer sheet someone? I forget, maybe Mitch Marner or something like that. I, there was an like, offer sheet oh, yeah, there, there, like was... like like uh, you know, so many so many rumors, but it just never happens, and it's just frustrating as like a fan, and and now that like my team, you know, there's an asset out there that clearly the Rangers could go after if they wanted to and put Vancouver in a tight position, you know, it's like, you know, who cares? And like, everyone's like, well, what goes around comes around. It's like, how many times do the Rangers have a restricted free agent that everyone's going to like be wanting to go after? And like, honestly, who cares? Like don't make, you know, maybe that puts an end to restricted free agents or people are a little bit more, you know, uh, weary of, you know, what that means and, and not to let it get to this point. And, signed an extension or signed deals during the season. I, I don't know, like adapt to the situation. I, I feel like y- you can go after one of the top players in the league. I think one of the most skilled guys in the league, uh, a, a number one center who's young, who's available. Um, and he's yours basically for the taking and you can get him at a, a very good price of, uh, you know, essentially, you know, compensating Vancouver with draft pick. I think you just do it and you go after it. Cause to me, Pedersen's worth, the next four first round draft picks in my eyes, because that's pretty much what Buffalo is asking for, but not in terms of draft picks. They're looking for it more of, you know, like you said, uh, you had a very good way of breaking it down, you know, a player, draft pick, uh, prospect, you know, just what's equivalent to four first rounders. I think Pedersen's right there. And, you know, if that's the cost of it and you're going to be drafting later in the, in the first round, what well, you hope, 
and you have prospects that you could flip for picks and not necessarily feel like you've just given up on the draft and, and taken a gamble, man, I, I think it's a no brainer. But of course, you know, I, I don't know if it's the good old boys club and, and they all just kind of tip their hat and, and nod and say, oh, we won't screw with each other too much here. But, uh, you know, man, take advantage of, uh, you know, the window and opportunity that you have. And yeah, sorry, I'm just very frustrated at it. Yeah, no, it, again, uh, before the the Ajo offer sheet, what, Shea Weber with, uh, was that Philly? Mm-hmm. When he was still in Nashville, that was the last one. And obviously that was also matched. So, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see GMs kind of make each other uncomfortable and rock the boat. But at the same time, it's like with the Board of Governors and revenue sharing and all this other stuff, it's like, you know, I, I mean, I guess longer the days in the early NHL where teams could literally could not stay in the same hotels because they would like get into fist fights and stuff. And like owners, although remember Brian Burke uh, and what's his face? We're going to fight in a barn once. That was pretty cool, but that never happened. Um, I forget who it was. I think it was one. Burke was uh I don't I think I don't think it's when he was with Calgary. I think it's when he was with uh in Vancouver. So um but whatever. Doesn't matter. One of the Sutter brothers probably. That sounds about right. Um but yeah, I mean it would be it like I said, it would be interesting to rock the boat. We do see players are getting a little bit more less loyalty in terms of, you know, staying with with the teams that drafted them and now they're forcing their hand more to play where they want to play. So you know, I think GM should kind of follow suit. If there's a player out there you want, go get them. Or especially if you can get intel that they want to, they wouldn't mind playing for your team. You know, like it's there's, and that's, I guess, obviously the Rangers have an, uh, an advantage because it's a not so big secret that there are a lot of, like the, the bright lights of New York does appeal to a lot of players. That Like Eichel has been on record as saying he loves playing you know, visiting New York and playing in the garden and it's like electric. It's his favorite building to play in, you know, and he obviously says, obviously besides uh, our home rink, which, but we know what he really means. Uh, And, you know, same thing with Panarin, like there was new, it was New York or nothing, you know? So um, it's, yeah, I think there's a lot of people it appeals to or a lot of great players in this league and it's, yeah, it hits different. You, you can, if you can win here, you're, you're made, you get the, uh, the Canyon of Heroes ticker tape parade. Uh, you know, it's not a, it's not exactly a, you know, with, I think in 94, what, there was a million people, the Long Island Railroad was shut down, a million people still, still showed up. It's not like you're going down, uh, you know, Jericho Turnpike or whatever, Hempstead Turnpike or uh, in the parking lot at, at the, you know, near uh, the Rock, or you know, in Jersey. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I would love to see that happen. But again, I'm not going to hold my breath. All right. So. Okay, obviously, now that you crushed my dreams, uh, we spoke a little bit sports gambling. Um, we can get into some, you know, different uh, things with with the Rangers because this is the Rangers podcast, and uh, talk a little bit about one of our restrictive free agents uh, and our starting goaltender for next year, Igor Shosturkin. Apparently, there is some sort of deal maybe on the table. Or they're very extre- they're extremely close to getting a deal done, and I would imagine we would uh, have something within the next few days. So maybe possibly before this podcast even comes out. Yeah. So like I said, Igor didn't file for uh, salary arbitration, which was a good sign. Uh, I don't think any Rangers filed for salary arbitration, right? So we're good. Good there. Uh, and. Vince uh, Mercagliano, uh, number one uh, beat reporter on the scene right now for the Rangers. Yeah, you know he said obviously it's a good. It, it's him not filing is usually a good sign, and he's. It's, I guess he heard it sounds like twenty five year old goalie uh, and New York Rangers are getting close on a new deal in the five point seven five to six million AAV range. Kinks to iron out, but confidence it's happening. So. Now, it's funny to see what people think goaltenders are worth also because it's such a volatile position. But again, I mean, Igor has been just flat out good everywhere he's ever been and has never really been bad. He's, you know, he's I think obviously he's even in his New York tenure where he struggled a little bit. His numbers are still pretty good. It's just like you said, you know, team in front of him can't really lock it down enough or it was never like, oh, he couldn't make the save to like win the game type thing, you know? Right. And 
honestly, at it, he's 25 now. If he signs until, you know, and even goaltenders, like you look at most of them now, they they kind of maintain performance and then they hit 30 and maybe some get, you know, and some maybe go down the hill uh, faster than others. But then again, some, you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, who won the Vezina last year and, you know, Robin Lehner and uh, hell, even Carey Price, who turned back the clocks a little bit. So it's clearly possible. And if they sign Igor to like a, a five to six year deal at six million, even if it's at it's around six million or potentially even a little little more, he still I still think he crushes that deal and outperforms it. You know what I mean? Right. He's that good. He's that consistent. You want to lock him up. Make this the last contract you pay him, I think, especially because the Rangers are so they bridge everyone and it always bites them in the ass, you know? So just, I think that he's, he's, he's the guy you should gamble on. You know what I mean? Uh, especially cause it's also like, you see some of the, the bums out there that teams like signed to contracts like Brian, like, uh, uh, Martin Jones has been absolutely abysmal <laughs> for the last few years, uh, for the sharks. And they just, you know, if, uh, Ron Hextall hired and Philly hired him to back up uh, Carter Hart. So it just kind of shows that valuations for goalies are all over the place, man. And, and GMs can turn. But at, again, I don't think any of this applies to Shesterkin because I think he's very good. And I think this will be lock him up. That's a good number. And if it's somehow under six, imagine you get him at five. If you got him at 5.75, which I don't think they will, I think it'll be around six, maybe a little bit more. But if they did, that would be like literally the best one of the best contracts on the team so uh i hope that's the number i hope they get it done sooner rather than later i hope they lock them up for at least more than four seasons i hope five or more which would be awesome but yeah i mean uh, i'm hope that's what i'm hoping for so let's hope that vince's uh sources are correct yeah and you know it's just one of those things that you really want to go into um you want to go into the season you know uh, you know, confidence that you have your goalie for a numerous amount of years. It's finally, this is a, I don't know, for, for me, Andy, I don't know if you can call me wrong or an idiot for feeling this way, but I, I finally feel like this is like a real first season for Igor. Uh, obviously, he came in, was a three, the three-headed dragon, you know, obviously with Hank, Georgie, and him all fighting and rotating for the starting position. Uh, and, the, you know, and then obviously the accident, happened and then it became you know back to two goalies again and then you know the next season is covid and there's just like so much that uh he's been through over the last you know few years and seasons with the new york rangers and even last year with the locker room it just was a total mess and you know if when he signs this contract he's going to know that he's the number one guy for the new york rangers it's a fresh season there's going to be you know a training camp there's going to be a preseason. He's going to have games under his belt. He's going to, you know, uh, get some reps in and not go into a season ice cold. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I have my full confidence in Igor to be our number one guy. I have my full confidence that, you know, Georgie is going to do what he's been doing since he's been a New York Ranger, and that's play 30% of the games and play, you know, very well or, you know, pretty well um, uh, during that, you know, during those games. So. Andy, uh, this is like um, almost like a big sigh of relief and almost, uh, you know, just I'm happy that one section, you know, obviously goaltending, defenseman and forward, one of the, well, as of now, one of, you know, those three sections of our roster is kind of set in stone. Unless, obviously, the way this offseason is going, who knows, Georgia could be moved tomorrow and I wouldn't even really truly be that surprised. Yeah, I mean, man, it's like I said, I still think Drury has a few things in the works. What they are remains to be seen. I have a feeling we'll find out uh, maybe not immediately, but probably before sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, I think it's, what, 72 days until uh, the season officially starts, and I don't know if that's... uh, the preseason or the regular season. I, I just saw that there was a little Instagram ad for the, the Rangers in the NHL. So we'll see. Uh, so Philippedal days until, as of this recording, until the season starts. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, again, 
to your point, I do think it will be kind. It'll feel like it's kind of Igor's first season because COVID and just the roster turnover made it seem like it was transitional year and they're breaking the kids in and you hope to make the playoffs, but it's not absolutely mandatory, but clearly the expectation is there. The roster is set. You're going to have more defined roles, less experimentation, less question marks. It's like, this is the field. There will be people in the building. You will be starting in net. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I assume he's Igor showing me nothing that he'll wilt under that type of pressure. I think he'll um, even I think he's someone who that if he has a bad a bad game or two, he usually can write himself pretty quick and he doesn't, doesn't really phase him too much. So, um, yeah, I again, you want that stability, but I also yeah, I mean, anything can happen in this offseason and, and jury has shown he's unafraid to make some uh yeah, some calculators, or or at least to get what he wants, and he'll either overpay for the privilege, or he just doesn't really care about the perception. And, and you know, what? maybe as he shouldn't, because at the end of the day, uh, if all is forgiven, if if your team can win the big one, so or hell, I think at this point, even make it into the playoffs, all be forgiven. Uh, so yeah, I I guess we'll see what happens uh, on the Shusterkin, you know, receiving his contract front. We'll see what happens on the Georgiev front. Does he make it as Shesterkin's back up to training camp? Uh, does Henrik Lundqvist get brought back into the fold? Uh, so many questions, not enough answers yet. But uh, I, yeah, I know we'll find out sooner rather than later. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's pretty much everything I got. And do you have any final thoughts before we kind of wrap things up here? Uh, any final thoughts? Uh. No, not really. Um, I guess I, I do have a final thought. I'm so sick of looking at pictures of members of the Tampa Bay Lightning just dragging the cup around everywhere two two off seasons in a row. And you know, today it was McDonough had the cup, so of course he's back home in Minnesota and he's he's you know on a lake and he's got it. And listen, I'm happy for Mac. I love love Mac Truck. Always will. I secretly dream of him maybe returning. You know, on his final contract to the Rangers as a you know, a bet, bet D. Uh, but yeah, I'm just sick of it. Like I, I, like you said, there needs to be change in the NHL. I'm sick of the, the lightning winning the cup. I'm sick of GMs not having the stones to offer sheet each other. Uh, let's shake some stuff. Let's shake it up. Right. I, I want to see some action. Uh, I think we all wanted to see a little bit more chaos and fun because this, yeah, this off season has been pretty chaotic and fun. So, but, but like, you know, let's keep it going into the regular season, right? Into the trade deadline and, uh, yeah, into the, the Olympic break for next, next year. So, yeah, let's just, just keep it rolling. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.